We are starting off 2021 strong with Black Monday reporting. We also have a look into the future of three housewives segments. And also, guess what? It's not just wild card weekend. It's super wild card weekend. Fill up those wine glasses, people. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Real football fans of New Jersey here. This is our first show of 2021. Yeah. Episode 141, January 6th. Last time you saw us, we were wrapping up 2020. Very excited for a new year. I even feeling a little festive tonight. Instead of wine, I went with some champagne. I brought out the champs. Um, I brought out the normal, the normal I I did not definitely um, do anything. But listen, 2020 is over. I can't really tell you that 2021 is better because it probably really isn't right now. But the not good positive but maybe upside news is that we're here tonight with y'all. Yes. And this is a great time of the year. We love it so much because this weekend it's going to kick off the NFL playoffs. We have so much to talk about in regards to that and everything else going on in the league. And of course, all the big stuff in the world of Housewives. We have a great show for you tonight and we are going to start it off. We asked you guys for questions. Uh, we have five really good ones. So let's kick it off with this first question. Uh, this is draft related. If your team is not in the playoffs, you've probably already started like myself, looking at mock drafts, you know, prepping, looking at names, looking at prospects. So question number one is, what team or teams do you think will target a quarterback in the first round of the NFL draft? So I'm going to get a little cray-cray here. And okay. I'm definitely going with Jacksonville, obviously number one overall, Trevor yeah. Lawrence their way. I'm also going to put San Francisco into the mix. I'm surprisingly going to put Atlanta into the mix here because okay. as as I think Matt Ryan may have a couple of years left in him. I think it's starting time to groom someone as well. Yeah. Um, I would also look at the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, I know there's probably a couple of more people that we can definitely look at here, but even to like the Washington football team, mm -hmm. um, I am also, um, and the New England Patriots. That's why I'm going to wrap it up there with that. And yeah. Again, decent. There's probably more. You might have more than me or different than me, but it was I think actually I think a couple very, more. That's it. Very interesting question for sure. Yeah. Um, just looking like down the line. Um, and this is not necessarily saying that I think they should take a quarterback. It's just who I, the teams that I think are going to be looking at quarterbacks on their board, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, like you said, that's kind of a no brainer. We all know that where they're going to go with that one. With um, Jets. The Jets. Oh my God. Honestly, just strip my football credentials. <laughs> I, I yeah, you forgot them. the Jets I, there. I meant, yeah, that, maybe that's because I'm like no brainer. Like, sorry. But listen, I've been I've been seeing some mock drafts already with them taking Sewell, the offensive lineman, at the two pick. But yeah, I'm putting the Jets on here. I also um, I also put Atlanta. 
I also put Detroit. I put the Carolina Panthers. I think okay. they're going to be looking at somebody. Um, the San Francisco 49ers, the New England Patriots, and I did also put the Washington football team. So we got a lot of teams in the mix. Yeah. And I don't know if there's that many first-round quarterbacks to go around. Um, but if if somebody falls to, again, like a later team, like the Washington football team, it's something that I think yeah. they got to consider. I don't think there is enough <laughs> first-rounders no, to go no. around but there are a lot of kids uh, and I call them kids because they're so much young. I always have to remind myself when we're watching college football games, like Caitlin, these kids are like seven, eight years young. They are very much younger than you. There's a lot of young men in the mix uh, for the quarterback position this year. Again, not so many first rounders, but Mm -hmm. it's funny because we went into this season talking about the year of the quarterback because we had a lot of free agents. We had a lot of people coming in from the draft. And it was a very quarterback, you know, heavy 2020 for us. Yeah. And now we're going into 2021 and I'm seeing such a similar trend. And we're going to get, I think we might get into this a little later, but like wide receivers too, very heavy this year yeah. going into this draft. But again, it's a, might be another year of the quarterback. So Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. And I don't think the free agency list at quarterback is very strong. So I do feel as though these teams that need quarterbacks, I really feel as though you should look more towards the draft. Mm -hmm. Uh, Question number two, shouldn't Jason Garrett still be offensive coordinator next year for the Giants? There is so much hate for Jason Garrett for, you know, <laughs> and I think um, there's certain times where I understand why there's so much hate. Um, I guess it's one of those scenarios where you have to like exit social media and kind of just take things into your own hands. I don't necessarily hate him and would not be totally upset going into next season with him as our offensive coordinator. What I do think is very interesting though and one of um, our followers of the Real Football Fans of New Jersey, who is also another Giants account on okay. Twitter, did make the take that now that Anthony Lynn has departed from the Chargers, and we'll talk about that later, um, yep. him coming on as our offensive coordinator. And I was very intrigued by that, very attracted to that. So if that happens, sure, great. But I I don't necessarily hate Jason Garrett, offensive coordinator. I might be, some people might come after me for that, but I just, so I, it, that's, I know that's not really an answer, but like if we can get Anthony Lynn, then yes, by Jason Garrett. If not, let's stay with him. Well, I have, I, I'm looking at it both, both ways. And I think there's one huge and kind of my only main, because I'm not a huge fan of Jason Garrett's play calling this season. Okay. I really did not think it was good. Um, and so really there's only one reason why I would want him to stay, which I think he's going to, um, is the fact that Daniel Jones will be going into his third season. Yeah. And if we got rid of Jason Garrett and brought in somebody different, it would be the third offensive system that oh, he yeah. would be under. You just don't want that for a young quarterback, like yeah. switching every single year, learning a new offense every single year. Let him get settled into something. So that's yeah. my reason for keeping him. But unless your head coach is the play caller, and we know that Joe Judge is not that, he right. likes to keep the responsibilities across his coaching staff. So yeah. if that were the case, sure. But like you had just said, if, I 100% agree. Yeah. If we had not already uh, switched before, like let's say we had Jason Garrett for the last two seasons, then I would say yes, bring somebody else in because I definitely was disappointed in the play calling and the offense, especially towards the end of the season. It was very lackluster and and not a lot of uh, 
big plays, deep shots down the field. That was very disappointing for me. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I, but again, again, there was definitely things that he did do that I did like. Um, I will so. give him credit for the fact that we lost our best offensive player, like very early on in the season in Saquon Barkley. And we were still at the end competing for the division. So, you know, he, he did have a lot of things that he had to overcome and it, it wasn't always horrible, but it, it to yeah. me, it wasn't, it needs to take a step up. Right. Uh, question number three, should the Giants have retained Gettleman? <laughs> um, I think that, um, I don't, it's so funny because I think a lot of people were expecting on Monday and today that the announcement would be made that we're moving on from him. I didn't um, think, I, th I thought we were going to keep him. I, I didn't know. I mean, I think the hatred for the fans is so big there. Um, and I, I don't know. I think we dealt with Jerry Reese for too long. And like, I understand like he had two Super Bowls. So like you can go and everyone can say that for right, as long right, as right. they want, whatever, but we dealt with him for too long. And I'm not saying we had him for too long. Listen to my voice right here. We dealt with him for too long. He was not a good general manager. Listen, Tom, Tom Coughlin won two Super Bowls and they fired Tom Coughlin before they fired Jerry Reese. I know, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm still very upset about that. Yeah, to this still day. About <laughs> it's still a vet, Katie, too soon. Right? Freshly, I, can't, freshly, I, can't, I can't believe you even brought that up. <laughs> okay, but I just, I think that that's kind of, um, I think, Gettleman, I know I said, I think, I think, I think, Gettleman's done a lot of stuff in the free agency. And I think that proves, you know, you know, look at, you know, Myron Williams, Blake Martinez, like we've done some great, made some great, you know, whatever. I, I think the draft, I don't know. And I just, I don't know if everyone's completely sold on him and we're in a market right now where it's coaches, it's quarterbacks, everyone's on the hot seat, no matter what you do. So Gettleman's like in that position right now where he's like on the hot seat. So like, maybe I thought they were going to move on from him. I'm fine yeah. with him staying though. I'm, I just, I'm okay with him. The issue with Gettleman is like you got to point fingers and you got to blame somebody. And at the end of the day, the Giants aren't winning enough football games every season. Right. right. Um, but I think the fact that that Leonard Williams trade last year panned out and the biggest one of all that Odell Beckham Jr. trade panned out. Because that was like the biggest people wanted Gettleman gone immediately when he pulled that one. But it has panned out. So those are two really big things, two huge moves that maybe yeah. weren't so popular that worked out really well. And he has had some nice draft picks for us. He really has. Yeah. So I think that saves him his job. And, and I'm okay with him for now, too. Yeah. So we'll see. And you know what? Keeping Joe Judge, keeping Jason Garrett keeping Dave Gettleman, keeping the same people in, in place. That's always good for a franchise, you know? And that's what I'm thinking, too. Like, this was year one of us keeping, like, you know, of Everybody these together. So, like, let's move forward into year two with yeah. all of these people together, and let's see what we can do. Right. Because okay year one, I understand we're not playing this weekend, but I'm pretty pleased with year one. So, well, definitely with Joe Judge. I know everybody really, really loves him a lot. And I love him. Like yeah. I would take a, like a bullet for Joe He's Judge. He's awesome. <laughs> uh, question number four. This is a great one because this can be a huge debate until we get the answer for it. Who should be offensive rookie of the year? Justin Jefferson or Justin Herbert? I didn't even realize. The Justins. Um, the and they both set rookie touchdown record. Uh, not touchdown records. I'm sorry. Herbert had the touchdown record. 
Jefferson had the most receiving yards by a rookie um, in NFL. Yeah, they're both rookie records. Um, so listen, this is definitely going to be down to the wire when it, it comes is. down to. Um, you can look at stats. They're two different positions. You can do all the analytics and analyses, and you can drive yourself crazy until your eyes bleed with numbers and everything like that. When it comes down to it, I'm very impressed with Justin Herbert because of his story and because of what happened, and also because of quarterbacks in the NFL. The most they, important position. It's not even that. They are so scrutinized and they're yeah. under a microscope. And you're not only under a microscope during your career, it's your rookie season you're under a microscope. And you're under a microscope for the next couple seasons as well. He is taking over the record from Baker Mayfield, who we've been discussing year after year, weekend after weekend. He is under the biggest microscope yeah. So for a guy like Justin Herbert to come in, break this record, do it very nonchalantly, you know, do it everything like that, keeps his mouth shut with the media running and blah, 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 quarterback, this and that. Listen, Justin Jefferson, you're phenomenal. You are breaking records. Yeah. Truly great. He's actually, so his record is, I don't know how to say this is higher like he did it like quicker or did something it's something like that but i and i respect that and i think that's great i love that we're down to the wire for two rookie offensive rookies of yeah. the year but for me with just everything that goes on in the nfl and the the bullshit pretty much that goes after quarterbacks and all of this stuff i just have to give it to justin herbert here and yeah. And that's not an analytic point of view, but again, you can't really put up an, uh, for these two positions, but I just, at the end of the day, and I know a lot of these awards go to quarterbacks, but mm -hmm. for me, I think this one is truly deserving of Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean, gun to my head, I think I'm going to pick Herbert, but this is an award that I would really actually love to see the NFL give it to the both of them and have oh, them share because okay. those are two huge records that they broke. And I feel like as much as if you have to pick one, you'll pick one. But I feel like I, in, in any other year where they, they're not playing in the same class and they're not rookies at the same time, those guys are both very deserving of that award. I'd love to see them share it. Um, I like that. Yep. And I just like that. very little interesting fun fact. I mean, I don't know how many people remember, but Justin Jefferson was the fifth wide receiver taken in the draft last year. He yeah. was taken in the first round at 22 overall, but you know, he wasn't rugs or Judy or like the big names that everybody was like really, really talking about. And he just came out here and he killed it. Both of them did. I say, let the Justins share it. <laughs> Give it to the Justin times Give two. Justins. Give it to the Justins. Um, and last but not least, should we do an outdoor socially distanced show once the weather gets nice? This this uh, question made me laugh because when the weather gets nice, we live in New Jersey. So we still have about until like April or May before that happens. Um, I don't know what the state of the world will be like then, but certainly if it if the everything is better, I'd, I'd love to. Listen, a vaccine is out and yeah. we have a couple months to plan it. So I'm fully on board. Yeah. We will do it appropriately. Social distancing, mask, sanitizer, anything you want outdoors. Yeah. But I, again, I just, I know we spoke about it on our last episode, like, and we've done it like ever since, like I, our hundredth episode, I had so much fun doing yeah. it interactive clearly we're live now people can comment people comment before the show they ask us questions like this but that human interaction that night was so it was great it was like we yeah. 
Yeah. We also do our show at 7.30, so I don't know when the next uh, Daylight Savings is, but we <laughs> certainly need it to be light out for this I know. So whatever that it. happens, too. Can't whatever wait. Whatever it's I, I hate this. I hate it. Yeah, I don't want to be in, like, a jacket. I want to be, like, in a T-shirt like this, outdoors, light out, things like that. But anyone listening, if you know in the New York, New Jersey area, even – even Pennsylvania, maybe only like a three-minute drive. Can, so can, can we get permission to do it in the parking lot at MetLife? Honestly, if anyone works for MetLife, please contact <laughs> us. But if you know of any like great outdoor areas where they'll yeah. let us have maybe like 20-ish people, like let us know. That would be awesome. I would absolutely love it. So uh, thank you guys for those questions. We yes. love it. We are live right now. So you can ask us any questions on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Please send them in. We will answer them live for you. Uh, but let's get into our big stories of the week for football. So dun, dun, dun. We had Black Monday, which yes. I didn't even realize it was coming around. And just so you guys know, it's not Black Friday where you can get the deals. It's Black Monday. Monday where you can get fired. So <laughs> we do have NFL firing updates for you. So on Sunday, they didn't even wait till Monday. I'm surprised they even waited this long until Sunday. Me, honestly, me too. I know. The New York Jets fired head coach Adam Gates after just Gates after just two seasons. He went nine and twenty-three. Holy shit. Over that span and two and fourteen this year. He was a hired ahead of the 2019 season after a 23 and 25 record as the head coach of Miami. And everyone was like, oh my God, he's a quarterback genius, all this stuff going with Sam Darnold and things like that. Listen, there was no genius anywhere. Sam Darnold stinks yeah listen I will, I will never understand to this day why they hired him to begin with he didn't have a winning record in my no, right? no one understood and and you know what the funny part is too right like he's supposed to be a quarterback genius and he's gonna come in and he's gonna help sam darnold he had ryan Tannehill, who's career was only resurrected when he left Adam Gase and the Miami yeah. Dolphins and became who he is now with the Tennessee Titans. What does that tell you about Adam Gase? It tells you nothing. And I'm very concerned because Mr. Nick Saban, my God and savior, is now out of an offensive coordinator and he's actually looking at Adam Gase and like, ah! <laughs> no! Listen, he certainly can't be a head coach in the NFL. That's my opinion. He's also looking at Bill O'Brien, and I'm like, please, I'd rather have you. But, like, no. <laughs> Bill O'Brien could be good. I don't hate that. Oh, oh I, 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 I can encourage yeah. that. I like yeah. it. Like, I, I like Bill O'Brien. But I just, like, when I saw Adam Gaze, I was like, no. Yeah. So we all saw this one coming, and the Jets need to do a much, much, much better job of hiring somebody this time around. Like, listen, Urban Meyer is available. Like, someone hop, hop. Apparently, oh, Urban Meyer and Jacksonville are very much so, like, in talks. Oh, well. Thursday. The Jets did tweet out that they did interview someone today. I can't remember the name, so apologies. They have, a whole, they have a whole laundry list of guys that they're going to be interviewing, and I know all these teams are going to. So, um, I, I don't know. Maybe next week we'll already have an announcement to make yeah. who, who pulls the trigger first and makes that first hire. They need someone like a Joe Judge that just comes in and just – Nails it down the hammer. Well, they, they they definitely, definitely, definitely need it to be an offensive-minded coach. Oh, it needs to be somebody who is an offensive coordinator or, you know what I mean? Like, the defense yeah. is not 
as much as the problem is the offense. Agreed for sure. And then also speaking of Jacksonville, like you just said, in talks with Urban Meyer, very buddy-buddy there. On Monday, they did fire um, head coach Doug Marone. Mm -hmm. Um, He took over as the interim coach for the final two games in 2016 and then was the head coach for the next four seasons down in Jacksonville. So he did compile a 23-43 and record. um, And then this year, a 1-15 season, which as I say that to our audience, I think I forgot that they were 1-15. So... Hard, so hard to remember that in the midst of that, in those four seasons, Doug Barone actually took the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, with a uh, five record too. Yeah, Blake, Blake Bortles season, Blake Bortles. It was just, it was, it was weird. You, it, it wasn't that long ago, but it feels like forever ago. That and, was when uh, the Giants played them the following season. Our we first were game, so afraid to play them, like very nervous. Yeah. And we ended up losing, but it was such a good game, and we were like, "Wow, we're going to be good this year." We were not good. And then Jacksonville and- wasn't good that year, so it was like <laughs> it was we didn't them. Awful way to start the season. Such false hopes and expectations yeah. because we were like shitting bricks that we had to play Jacksonville. Yeah. Like that was literally like, oh my God, like the first game of the season. Like I wasn't even that scared to play Pittsburgh the first game of the season this year. I was like, okay, like, all right. Jacksonville though, like we were like, no. <laughs> yeah. So this team was good at one point in time under Doug Marone, but it does feel like centuries ago. And and I, I understand with them moving on, especially knowing the fact that you're, going to be getting Trevor Lawrence. So it's like, let's pair him with a coach that they're going to really succeed together. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And then also I did say this earlier. So on Monday Mm -hmm. as well, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Chargers did fire head coach, Anthony Lynn. Um, Katie and I have been discussing this on a couple of our previous episodes of that being up in the air. Um, it is after four seasons where he posted a 33 and 31 record beginning with two winning seasons though. So I think that's been yeah. one of the biggest things that people have been arguing against this, that you have four seasons and two of them were winning. Like, yeah. listen, like, so, and then one postseason appearance too, again, within four seasons, that's not terrible. Right, right. Um, so they did finish their, um, their season off this year with uh, winning four games. Um, seven and nine this season and three and nine record at the midway point. So that's what they, I guess, thought was good enough for them to fire him. So yeah. this one is so questionable for me because yeah. we have been talking about this for the past couple of weeks, like that he was on the chopping block. People were looking at him, things like that. And I was like, I don't really know. And like we said that, and like we had a couple of comments on our Instagram feed for the one lie that he was a horrible head coach. And I was like, I don't I disagree with that. Like I don't, I didn't. Yeah. I really, I didn't understand. I didn't understand this. And maybe I'm blind. I don't know. But obviously these, out of these three firings that we just listed, I mean, he's got the best resume. He did the best with his time as head coach of the Chargers. It's not a bad resume. No, it's not a bad resume at all. And I really kind of wanted to see what he could have done going into year two with their franchise quarterback, with a legitimate quarterback and Justin Herbert and see what they could have done together. And not just that, but I feel like the, his players really liked him. Obviously, we got a look at him on on Hard Knocks. Yeah. I really liked his presence. He has a very like competitive but calm presence, which actually is kind of how Justin Herbert is too. Yeah, like they're kind of quiet and calm and cool and collected. But I would have liked know. him as a head coach. And yeah, like- I feel like he was a players' coach, so that kind of yeah. 
I'm like, I don't like, I think I'm a coachable person for sure. Like I definitely wouldn't say like I'm uncoachable, but like there's certain like direction, I guess. Like, and this is like for sports, like professionally, I'm like, all right, tell me everything I have to do. But like, I just like, when it comes to like sports and you obviously people have like these mentalities, these egos, these attitudes and everything like that. When we watched him on a hard knocks, I didn't see like any of that. And I just, I, I felt like I could relate to him and I would actually get along with him very well. Like in that, you know, I put on my athlete hat and I'm like, I think I'd really like him as a head coach. So he's like a really likable, respectable guy. Yeah. And uh, he'll, he'll definitely land a job somewhere. I think he'd be such an asset to have. And again, I, I didn't really agree with this one, but. And I think another level of my disagreement too, is that for, so for the past four seasons, you made one post year or post season right. appearance. The biggest thing with the Chargers is that for years after years, Philip Rivers is your quarterback and mm-hmm. he's your veteran quarterback. And then it's a team that is kind of like shadily good, but shadily bad as well. Yeah. That's your reputation. Reputation. You yeah. go under the radar. People don't really aren't really scared of you. You make it to the playoffs and you bust. That's the thing. And you have yeah. a veteran, you have a very good quarterback in Philip Rivers and things like that. But that's how everyone portrays you. So you bring someone on like Anthony Lynn, and you're actually doing okay for 50% of the four years that he's there. And then yeah. you get rid of him. For me, it's gonna be hard to find someone else when you already got rid of Philip Rivers, now you got rid of your coach for the past four years, it's going to be really hard. And I understand they have Justin Herbert, but he's going into his second season. So have fun with that. That's why I think it's a poor decision. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So right now there are a number, a total of six head coach vacancies. I didn't yeah, think- don't forget we had a bunch of firings during the middle of the season. And I think I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so, yeah, so here are the rankings. So we went with um, NFL.com's uh, Judy Batista. Um, he did rank. Um, Excuse me, is that he? She? Sorry. Judy. Sorry, sorry. I don't know. Judy could be a guy's name. Oh, my God. Where's Judy? It's Jerry Judy's rankings. It's 2021. It's Jerry Judy's rankings. Judy, I apologize. Women in sports. I screwed that up. Screw. Listen, don't listen to me. I'm... (laughs) It's the wine. Um, so sorry, Judy. She ranked the teams in terms of desirability to coach there. So I do. Yeah. This is very interesting. So yeah. she's going with some top to bottom, the Chargers, Jacksonville, Houston, Atlanta, the Jets, and Detroit. I would actually probably swap um, Detroit and the Jets. I think the Jets are like the last one. Detroit, I think there's some movable areas there. Yeah, yeah. And the Jets is like, that's a very specific, like you have to be a really like thick skin to to coach in New York. He's not set up for success, you know what I mean? So, but maybe they're looking at it as like, you're going to get a new quarterback that could be really, really good. I I don't know. I mean, certainly that's why I think they have Jacksonville at two because you're going to get to coach with Trevor Lawrence and that, should be a good thing. So, but I feel like most part yeah. for the most part, I can agree with her rankings. You gotta be like Bob the Builder to go into the New York Jets. To be honest, you yeah. Gotta, can we fix it? No, we can't. Probably, <laughs> but, but you, you have to be willing to fix it. So yeah. Um, and then just one other thing besides like head coaching firings, we do have head coaching news um, that plays in plays a factor into Wild Card Weekend. Uh, uh, Cleveland Browns coach Kevin Stefanski he did test positive for COVID. 
Um, I don't know if he's up in the air, if he's going to be, their game is Sunday. It doesn't look good to be honest. It doesn't look unless, good. Unless it's a false positive, like the whole Nick Saban scenario. Right. It's I not looking good. It doesn't look good. Yeah. So we'll, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that. And I don't know how much it affects people who are like picking the game. I know we're going to give you our picks and a little bit of analysis. Yeah. But it, yeah, that's a huge thing. And that's it's that's really upsetting thing because honestly, like the Browns have waited however many years it's been to make the playoffs and to not have their head coach there with them, who I also think Kevin Stefanski is going to be probably a top three candidate for coach of the year. Um, this is definitely a bummer for him. So and I think it's a huge, huge factor. Like Nick Saban, like his second COVID battle, yeah. <laughs> second where he actually had it. Like I was like, pretty nervous about that game to be honest because he couldn't actually be there like or with any contact at all it's your being coached is a head coach not just coach it's a yeah so yeah. Uh, it's definitely a big factor here yes for sure um but let's get into our week 17 thoughts it was the last week of the regular season and there were still so many playoff clinching scenarios um so what a week it was what a week it was uh i know giants fans are really feeling down but a positive that i do want to say is that they did beat dallas 23 19 to go three and oh at home versus the nfc east for the first time since 2005 we went four and two in the division and the two Two games that we lost, the one against the Eagles and the Cowboys, those were definitely games that we had in our hands and ended up losing like at the very end. So we lost the Eagles game because of Evan Ingram. So that, yeah. So it gives I a lot there of like, I know we were only six and ten, yeah. but we do have to look at how well we played in the division and it, it yeah. gives you a lot of hope. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and listen, I I know we exerted a lot of energy to only be upset later in the evening, but it's yeah. I, I've been very pleased with how much positive energy we've been able to exert as as Giants fans this year. You can look at our Instagram, my Twitter of every weekend where I've been jamming out to back in the New York. Yeah. But to be able to do that multiple weekends, six in particular, that makes yeah. me feel good. I'm happy. That's a good serotonin boost right there. I'm very happy about <laughs> that uh um we talked about him earlier but obviously minnesota wide receiver justin jefferson finished the year with the most receiving mm -hmm. yards by a rookie in the super bowl super bowl era with 1400 yards that is that's insane. um he actually is only like fifth in the league right now with finished the regular season yeah. like fourth um with 1400 which is just crazy because that's that's wild that's up there but um then we also had the cleveland browns we just mentioned them they clinched a playoff berth for the first time since 2002 i gotta tell um, you like there was like people like in the stands like crying and like there's videos of it like i gotta tell you like i got a little emotional like i'm a little emotional right now talking about it like i just it's it's a huge deal Yes, it truly is. And I, I'm not a Browns fan. Like, I don't really like a lot of their players, like, as you know from the show. But, like, that moment, like, that's 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 football. That's fandom. That's why we do this. That's why. You might not like their players or this or that, but their fan base, you can like their they fan are, base. They're they so loyal. And they, they will stick through their team through mainly the bad and the ugly. And that's why they're crying. Right. They've yeah. had ugly thrown at them for so long. Yeah. And if you think about even people like our age, probably a majority of their time being true football fans, ugly. And yeah. now they're like, 
Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was in the sixth grade in 2002. So this is a long, long time ago and they deserve it. In the great fourth season. grade, I was even a baby. Crazy, crazy. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, they rushed collectively as a team for a franchise record 404 yards. If you have that total yards in the passing and the rushing game, like for the game, yeah, that's good. Like that's 404 good. just the rushing yards in a 38 to 3 win over Cincinnati. That was a that was a, honestly a huge boost for them going into the playoffs. Yeah. Like, we're legit, we can win. Um, I think Buffalo, they needed that too, for sure. Yes, Buffalo they clinched the two seed with a 56 26 win over Miami. That was their the two seed is their highest playoff seed they've had since 1993. Jim Kelly, that great team, made it to four Super Bowls, didn't win any of them. This is <laughs> Buffalo is proud of this team as they should be. I taught Buffalo. I mean, I picked them to win. The yes, you did. Yes, you did. It's looking good. Buffalo, um, Buffalo don't piss me off this year like you've had in previous. <laughs> the Rams, they were fighting for uh to get in definitely fighting against a division rival in the Arizona Cardinals, but they ended up clinching a playoff berth. Well, um, like Loki bothers me that they're in the playoffs, like over the Cardinals, like Miami. I just like, I, there's so many teams that like could have been in it. And I'm just like the Rams, like really? Yeah. Um, the Titans, they clinched the AFC South for the first time since 2008. So it's been a long time for them as well. Mm -hmm. um, Chargers quarterback. We mentioned this before, of course, Justin Herbert broke the NFL rookie record with 31 passing touchdowns on the year. I love it. Um, I love it. Yes, Green Bay, they clinched the number one seed. That was up for grabs going into the last week of the regular season in the NFC. That's what um, honestly, I'd love to see that too. I think I they deserve it. What you had said too, like in the past couple of like, you know, quick hot topics that you're mentioning and like, you know, things that have happened in the past week of like clinching, like, you know, for yeah. the first time in how many years and things like that. This season truly is like a mold of what seasons past have not been. And I'm very pleased to see a lot of this stuff that teams are clinching for the first time. Teams are going for the first time. Yeah. It took the NFC up until the last week of the season to have a team clinch. And I love that because it's not just, oh, here's your team. Of course, right, right, right. Bay, but still, it took Green Bay, a very good team, a good franchise, this long to clinch it. Like, I like that. Well, I like I like the NFL because every single year when it comes to the playoffs, yes, you're going to have your regulars. We always, for years and years and years with Tom Brady, we we knew we were always going to see the Patriots. We were going to see the Saints. We were going to see the Packers. But um, I do feel as though every single season we do have new teams enter the mix that normally aren't there. And this season yeah. for sure, um, especially having two additional wildcard teams, I really liked it. It made a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then last but not least, obviously, and I think maybe we'll talk about this more later in the show, but the Washington football team clinched the NFC East on that Sunday night football game against the Eagles. Ugh. We'll leave our thoughts for a little later on. Heartbreaker, you got the best of me, but I just keep on coming back. I don't know what the next word is. In this 
That's ah, ah, Mariah Carey. Ah. <laughs> so I'm singing for you guys tonight. But yes, obviously, that was a true heartbreaker there. We will yeah. get into it later because we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Yeah. But let's get into our wild card weekend pick. So when we, do get, when we do get into the playoffs, just so you guys are aware, we just give you our picks. We're not giving you an yeah. upset or a lock because we're in playoff yeah. mode here. Um, so why don't you go ahead? Ooh, I'm going to pull it up. So my face is super bright right now. But why don't you go ahead and get us started here? Sure. For wild card weekend in order of the games, um, I am taking Buffalo, Oof. Seattle, Tampa Bay, the Titans, the Saints, and the Steelers. We are picture perfect in the wild card weekend because I too am going with the Bills, the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, the Titans, the Saints, and the Steelers. And the thing with this, the thing with this is, I, I felt like I didn't go crazy enough because usually there's always kind of like a team that you didn't expect to win. So really, the only lower seed I have beating a higher seed is the Buccaneers beating as a five seed beating the Washington Football which Team, is four seed, which is really God. there's one team that is regardless of the seeds is better than the other one. Um, so I don't yeah. know if I played it too safe, but honestly, this is well, what I listen, The Titans and the Ravens is definitely a game that's up in the air. And I think, and honestly, I think, the, I think the Browns and the Steelers could go either mm -hmm. way. And I, and I do want to say this, I think Buffalo earning that two seed. That's great. I think they got one of the toughest draws playing a seven seed, but that seven seed yeah. being the Colts. Yeah. That is not going to be an easy game. No, I can see that not. one going either way as well. So these are all good games, and we're going to get into this they are later. Good. We're going to get into a lot of detail of it oh, yeah. later, and we're going to get into the deets, the deets, the deets, the dirty deets of them. And you're going to see how good these games are. And I just I don't know what the outcomes are going to be, to be honest. I'm looking forward to a jam-packed Saturday, Sunday. So I better go I'm, I'm so stock ready. up on the wine, to be honest, because I'm ready. Football, yeah. baby. No, yeah. You can't leave your couch because they're all day long. So no, I got to get snacks. too. So I didn't have my big, I thought it was so funny. I tweeted this on Sunday. Yeah. I did my food shopping on Saturday um, mm -hmm. because as you guys know from last episode, I am recovering from the, the COVID. Yeah. Um, I am good now. So I'm allowed to go out and wear a mask, social distance and whatnot. So I was able to leave. I escaped on Saturday and left my house <laughs> for the first time and like I don't even know. I think it was close to like 12 or 13 days. Yeah. And I went over to Trader Joe's and did my food shopping. Was not thinking that all day Sunday, because I had to watch the Eagles yeah. Washington game, because I was very confident. You were stuck. I was confident that the Giants were winning. I knew they were going to. I'd be on my couch all day long. I did not buy snacks. And I tweeted it out. I noticed at like 1230 that I had no snacks. And I just... Okay. I sat on my couch all day. That's funny. No That's snacks. funny. Opened wine, like a couple, I think, in the second quarter of the Giants game. So by the end of it, I was definitely a little That's tipsy. That's a good snack. But I was definitely, you got to eat. You gotta, <laughs> I was definitely a little tipsy at the end of the game because I was on the high that we won and the yeah. wine. Oh, my God. I was like, I got to relax Listen, here. Wine's one of my favorite snacks. It definitely is. But just honestly, so my advice for everyone, go out and get your uh -huh. snacks. Get your snacks for this weekend. Yep. Absolutely. Um, let's, get, <laughs> let's get into our big stories of the week in the world of Housewives. A little bit quiet, but um, I do like this first one because it definitely had social media 
light on fire. Oh, boy. Um, people really had their opinions about it. I know I did so much so that I almost did it as my get it off my chest, but we're talking about it as a topic. Um, this is about Bronwyn kind of offering an update on her relationship with Sean. We've obviously talked a lot about that on this show with things that have come to fruition. But over the weekend, um, Bronwyn took to her Instagram stories to offer insight into her relationship with her husband, Sean, just a few weeks after she came out as a lesbian. At the time, she did note um, that the couple would stay married. Obviously, people had like kind of weird opinions yeah. about that. Like, how is that going to work? Um, and since she has confirmed that she's dating a woman named Chris, I mean, people, have, I've seen her picture online with her, like, kissing, holding hands. We know what she, she looks like. Social media, yeah. um, and then she told, she went on in the, in these little, like talking everybody through her Instagram stories. She told fans she would be heartbroken if Sean decided to start dating. Um, Sean answered questions as well and said he probably would date other people. Eventually he just doesn't know when uh, Bronwyn also told fans that they're going to couples therapy uh, and sh but still, she is catching a lot of backlash from fans over her comments. Uh, I know I felt really fans and her co-stars. They yeah. have been on like all of them. I just what so here's the here's the question that I had from day one before she even made this comment about I'd be heartbroken if Sean dated somebody else. When I found out that they were going to stay married and that she was a lesbian and she was going to date women, I, I said what. Where in this scenario does Sean win? It sounds like you're the only one or who's having. Like, a couple. like I just like, don't think it's you're, ha you're having your cake and eating it too. Like right. what? What does Sean get from this? Right. right. So for her to say that she would be heartbreaking, heartbroken, really disgusted me because it was selfish. It was hypocritical. Right. It was just ridiculous. Like what? So you're, like I said, allowed to have your cake and eat it too, right. but you don't want that done to you. I, I think they just need, I'm sorry. They need to split up. I, I don't see how this scenario is going to work. And I just, yeah. I don't know. I think putting the whole like them staying married like thing aside, which is definitely questionable. I think the biggest thing is how can you be heartbroken about your significant other moving on when you've clearly moved on into this new life that you've accepted yourself as. And like, no one's ever, yeah. I think the thing now is like, she's kind of spinning it. Like people are like berating her and like beating her down for coming out as gay and like all this stuff. And it's like, no, no one's no, doing that. Good for you. Like you're yeah. after all these years of your life, you're actually finding who yourself is. Great. Good for you. I applaud that as you should. You should be happy with who you're with, happy with yourself, everything like that. It's, you know, who cares? It's 2021. You do you. Everyone does that. But how could you do that to someone else? I think back to this day, it's not even just a breakup that's disheartening. It would so truly break my heart. If like I was with someone and they told me that they couldn't be with me because now they're, you know, moving, I'd be so happy that they're being true to themselves, yeah. but that they truly couldn't be with me because I am who I am. That's I a very mean, tough pill to swallow. You got married to that person and you had several children with that person. And now you just can't be together because of certain, and you cannot change that person. So it's not a breakup where maybe you're fighting and right. maybe you can fix things and you can go to, and I don't know why they're going to couples therapy. Cause like, that's kind of questionable. Like why, like, I don't really understand. Like, 
but um yeah i don't know so like that's that and i just i don't know i just think it's it's, it it's very unfair but also too like he's gonna move on and what person is gonna want to be in his life with this shit going on well, so you're still married you're with a, a married to a girl yeah in a relationship she clearly is no longer with you she's gay she's in a relationship with someone else but she won't let you move on i'd, I'd be like ah here's my thing like she came out as a lesbian right she did not come out as bisexual so coming she out as a lesbian she what she said she what? only likes women she said she does okay. not like men okay so there you go there's her statement so if you don't like men like sexually or like relationship wise um why are you gonna stay married because you don't marry somebody who's like just your friend like, you right. know what i mean like a marriage does very much so involve a sexual relationship with that person so to me it's just what are they holding on to by staying married what yeah. what's the benefit to that why can't they get divorced and just say oh we'll be best friends and we're still really gonna get along you could even live in the same house together for all I care. I just don't understand yeah. why you would choose to stay married unless they're literally doing it for like financial purposes or. Well, that's or what I kind of like. That's what I, I kind of question. And that's right? what I kind of look at. And it's kind of, it's kind of shitty to look at it that way, but. I don't know how else to look at it. You need to be open and honest. And you've been open and honest about your relationship for so many years about the threesomes, the whatever, the breaks that you guys have taken. Now where you guys are at right now, going to couples counseling, still being married while problems in a relationship. If it's financial, you have to be honest with the world yeah. or else you're going to berate it and people are going to come at you left and right. Like they are right now. They're being judgmental. We're being judgmental right now because it's kind of, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's Sean, crazy. go out there and get yourself a girlfriend because I'm, I'm not, I'm not down with this hypocritical bullshit. Or a boyfriend. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Just go date, just go smooch somebody. Seriously, get something. So um, we're also going to look in um, for this week for Housewives. We're going to look into three different franchises and look a little bit to the future. we got our crystal balls here, but not really because we're getting a little bit of more intel into them. So we are so patiently waiting oh for the God. Real Housewives of New Jersey. Like, <laughs> Um, but our girl Dolores recently hinted um, at what to expect. So reiterating one keyword, and she does say draining, which really. That's like our trigger word. It is because I'm very, oh, you know that I, I take break from franchises, especially Orange County and Beverly Hills, because they do drain me. I don't want to take a break from New Jersey. You, I, I truly yeah. don't. Like, I love them so much. So that really, when I saw that, I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, we do have a quote, though, from Dolores. So. She says, you're going to see fights that you haven't seen in years. Ooh, there's going to be some physical fights. Like a visceral, visceral, emotional fights. After the episodes and after these certain scenes and every single effing one of us has them, which is very interesting, you're going to have to take a nap. Shoot, it's draining. It's draining. The things that have gone on this season, the next day we're still like knocked out, emotionally drained. Every, single, every single cast member. So like, holy guacamole, I'm drained from just reading that quote. I know, from I know. 
eyes. But listen, she does say you might want to take a nap. I am the queen of naps. So if it's down for that, I'm definitely down for the nap, even though one of my New Year's resolutions is to go outside and take a walk as opposed to my breaks for work instead of eating lunch. Well, I do eat, so I do eat lunch. But I do eat while I'm working. My breaks, though, like for 30 minutes, I usually like take a little nap on the couch. Yeah. So my New Year's resolution, though, is that I've been, if I go and said it, I walk for like 30 minutes. That's a good one. That's a good one. It is. And it's like, come on, Caitlin, go out, stop napping on the couch. But I do love a good nap. So I don't know. Once New Jersey starts, that resolution might be right out the door. Yeah. I might be napping. But holy guacs, right? Yeah. I'm I'm ready for it. Whatever it is, draining or not draining, like, can we have it already, please? Bring it our way. Also, last week, Lisa Rinna took to um, Instagram to celebrate the fact that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was the most watched Housewives franchise of 2020. So um, Erica commented saying she was willing to bet 2021 is even bigger. And Lisa confirms that you better believe Erica will be talking about the divorce drama llama. So... That might make it bigger, bigger, bigger. So. Yeah, that's going to be a huge story. So yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, take the reins on that one again. Although I, I would love to see the numbers, them versus Roni, because, you know, everybody loves Roni. Yeah, I would like to as well. And, like, with Beverly Hills, like, listen, like, you had Lisa Vanderpump, you know, departure. You had the whole drama yeah. line with these Richards and whatnot. I don't. I don't know if I believe that. Sorry, I've got like the hiccups. Um, but I don't know if I believe that, to be honest. Yeah. And then finally, Tamara Judge, who has recently departed Orange County, she appeared yeah. on the weekly scoop with CJ via Instagram Live, where she revealed she did not think Real Housewives of Orange County season 15 cast was as strong as it could have been. And I actually disagree with this one. Okay. So she the season 16 cast will have a big shakeup and admitted she doesn't think Emily Simpson or Emily Vargas will be back. Again, sorry, um, we'll be back. So I disagree with this. Um, Emily and Elizabeth will actually both be back next season. I can probably almost guarantee it because they're actually like making this season. Um, I didn't fully like Emily in the past because like her and her husband, like I just, I didn't really like him and like whatnot, but like yeah. she's actually more coming into like mold with herself right now. Um, and Elizabeth, while in the beginning I did comment on the show that like she didn't really have much to say and they didn't really film over to her and whatnot. She's actually breaking into her mold right yeah. now. So she's almost doing what Emily should have done two freaking seasons ago. Right, right, right. Uh, Elizabeth's doing it now in her first season. So they're going to be back. Kelly Dodd definitely still sucks. Shannon Bedore sucks. But I think the cast is, you can't really tell that like Vicky and Tamara are gone. And like I yeah. knew like that was a big thing, like especially Vicky and OG leaving and Tamara yeah. leaving. But listen, I don't know. I don't think it's that terrible. I haven't boycotted it yet. And you know, when yeah. I boycott it, that's when the problems happen. Certain OGs, you're definitely like very sad to see go. Some of them, you're like good riddance, but it's just good to see that it's happening kind of across the board lately. Um, and, but these franchises are all still surviving without these OGs. And like I said, they've been on a hot streak lately with these rookies. So 
good yeah. good for Bravo and the, and the people casting over in Bravo because uh, I, I I'm re I'm already ready for Roni season two with Leah because she's like my new fave. So I do need to tell you. So I did um, before actually we hopped on um, you know the show tonight. I watched the first episode of Dallas because it was just on and I was kind of ready and whatnot. So their new gal, um, I yeah. totally taking on her name and I'm so sorry. She's actually really cool. So like I'm I I've, I've watched like very like some some episodes of Dallas in the past. Like I haven't right. been like a devoted person. Like I'm not really a huge fan of it. Um but I watched like the first episode tonight and I actually do really like their new girl. So like I might continue watching this season. So and follow up to last week Deandra is out of the hospital now um we talked about that last week that she was hospitalized with covid that was a very scary situation she is out of the hospital and doing much better so that's a huge sigh of relief there all right well let's get into our game tonight because we've got lots to discuss yes don't don't get parched you need to hydrate about here um we are taking a look at all of the games at uh this weekend and we are playing a game called will things get wild this weekend so as we head into the nfl playoffs with wildcard weekend we're taking a look at the games and filling in the blanks for some game predictions now the fill in the blanks are going to be the same for each matchup so you'll you know get the theme to it. Uh, and we are going to start in order with the Saturday games, looking at the seventh seed Indianapolis Colts versus the number two seed Buffalo Bills. So the first fill in the blank that we're going to answer is the Colts will win if blank. So when we start, you, you kick it off. So listen, their defense needs to continue to be strong as they have been the whole season. But also the kicker here, Phillip Rivers has been kind of mediocre all season, kind of like just kind of getting them by having an okay season. Right. He's got to be better. So defense got to remain consistent with what they've done all season. Plus Phillip Rivers has to be better. Okay. I said the Colts will win if. Their top 10 defense contains Allen and the Buffalo offense. So we're on the same page there. Yep. Um, the Bills will win if blank. They continue their dynamic offense. They have wide receivers. They have running backs. Listen, Josh Allen has everything he needs, and he is also a versatile quarterback. They right. need to remain that consistency there. Yeah, I, and, and some of these answers for those two questions specifically are going to seem so like, well, duh, but like some of these things really are and white. So, so yeah. mine was the bills will win if Josh Allen keeps playing at the level he has been. So, yeah. all right. The quarterback with the most passing yards will be blank. Going with Josh Allen here. I'm going with Josh Allen as well. Um, the running back with the most rushing yards will be blank. So I'm actually going with Naheem uh, Hines here um, on the court. I don't want to, like, you know, rule out Singletary on the Bills. Um, he is a very, very, very promising and very talented player. Um, but I am just going to give the upper hand to Hines here. I actually went with someone who was my offensive rookie of the year pick before the season started, and he certainly impressed me. I know, you know, we've got some more impressive rookies, but I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um, the wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be blank. I'm going with Stephon Diggs. So did I, but I also just got a pop-up on my phone before that he did not practice today. Oh, no. So I'll have to look more into that. But Surely, that's, 
that's who I have. Um, the MVP of the game will be blank. Bills win, Josh Allen. I went with Josh Allen as well. And then obviously we gave you who we are picking for these games, but the final score of the game will be blank. I am going with 21-10. The Buffalo Bills win. I went a little bit high scoring. I went with in a very close game because I, I do feel that this could go either way. 31-28 Buffalo. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, I'm very I'm very interested to see your uh, score picks to see if we're like yeah. on the same page or not. All right, the number six seed Los Angeles Rams versus the number three seed Seattle uh, Seahawks. Obviously, these are division rivals. They played twice earlier in the earlier in the season. The Rams will win if blank. Listen, first of all, Jared Goff has to play. <laughs> it's still questionable. Um, and accurate so it's not only he's starting the game but he's actually accurate with his throwing with the injury and things like that yeah um the rams will win if their defense forces turnovers so when they when they they split in the regular season um and when the rams did beat seattle 23 16 earlier in the year they sacked russell wilson six times and had two interceptions they will need to do the same in order to win this game yep um the seahawks will win if blank so my answer here actually correlates to your answer in the first okay. one, if Russell Wilson is on that game. So clearly with that one, he was not, and they got after him even you know closer to home with us when the Giants yeah. the Seahawks, they won solely on our defense getting after Russell Wilson. He was yeah. not an MVP candidate that night, so he needs to be on this weekend 100%. Yes. Um, I went with the Seahawks will win if their defense continues to play on par with their offense. So their defense in the beginning of the season was atrocious. Yep. They were like the worst in the league. And yep. then a, a light switched and they've been really good lately and playing, I feel, on par with the offense. So if they can continue with that, they should win this game. Um, the quarterback with the most passing yards will be blank. I went with Russell Wilson. Yeah, Goff is obviously banged up. But a little fun fact, which you wouldn't necessarily think, uh, Jared Goff actually threw for more yards in both of their regular season matchups. Mm -hmm. uh, the running back with the most rushing yards will be blank. Going with Mr. Chris Carson. He uh, is yeah. back. We know he was injured, but he's back and he's back in action. Absolutely. I think he's doing it, doing it, doing it. I'm going with Chris Carson as well. Um, the wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be blank. Going with DK Metcalf. Um, I actually went with the Rams on this side. I know he's okay. a little bit banged up, but if he could be at full health, I'm going with Mr. Cooper Cup. Yep, I love it. The MVP of the game will be blank. Listen, I am going with Seattle on this one, okay. and I can see it both ways, and I love when they don't use the quarterback, but if they do, Mr. Russell Wilson, but if not – Give it to DK Metcalf if he yeah. has an off game or not an off game, but he get he goes off on the game. Yes, yes. Um, I'm going with Russell. He's yep. the heart heart and soul of that team. Yep. Um, the final score of the game will be blank. I'm going with 27-17 Seattle. All right. I'm going with 24-13 Seattle. Okay. Similar, similar. Um, and then just an interesting fun fact: uh, the Seahawks. Have, because this game will be played in Seattle. The Seahawks have not lost a playoff game at home under Pete Carroll. They're 6-0 and oh at home to Pete Carroll in the playoffs. I thought that was – I didn't right. know that, and I was like, damn. damn. So that's certainly an advantage to them ending up getting that three seed and playing in Seattle. 
For sure. Um, number five, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the number four Washington football team. The Buccaneers will win if blank. They need to remain consistent up and down the field. And by up and down the field, I mean offense, defense, special teams. The entire Tampa Bay Buccaneers team needs to remain consistent on Sunday, Saturday, Saturday. I said uh, the Buccaneers will win if the offense continues to fire on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. The football team will win if blank. Mr. Chase Young can actually get on Tom Brady like he said he would. He wants Tom. Listen, Chase, you better get Tom if you want to win this game. I said football defense can terrorize Brady. We are on the same yep. page with that one. Um, the quarterback with the most passing yards will be blank. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. The running back with the most rushing yards will be blank. I am actually going with Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team. I'm I'm going with Antonio Gibson as well. I think he's a great young uh, running back for them. Absolutely. The wide receiver, and I think there were so many that you could pick yeah. for this one. The wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be blank. So I'm going to go with Mike Evans, but I don't want, again, I don't want to uh, not acknowledge certain people, especially Terry McLaren, yeah. who has had more receptions and yards than Mike Evans. But what I, I made my decision on Mike Evans based on touchdowns. And at the end of the day, we're in the playoffs, touchdowns, points, that's it. Yes. Uh, I'm actually going with Chris Godwin on this one. Okay. So. It could be it could be anybody. There's so many guys that it could be really their day. And I feel like, especially with Tampa Bay, they have so many weapons, not just at wide receiver, but also at tight end. Yeah. That like week by week, it's somebody else new who's like the top receiving yeah. leader for that game. Um, the MVP of the game will be blank. Ugh, the Bucks win. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Um, I'm very intrigued to see your score on this one. The final score of the game will be blank. I was a little rough on this one because I really don't think it's going to be a close game. I don't think the Washington football team is a good team. It's not my bias in the NFC. No, no, no. Don't be – hold on to your seats, people. 35 to 9. Ooh. All right. I definitely, went, I definitely went closer, but I agree. I, this was, to me, the easiest game to pick of the weekend. Um, I do think Washington and even if the Giants – Whoever made it from the NFCs would have been the weakest team in the playoffs. Uh, but I'm going the with Giants the Giants probably would have won because of Tom Brady, but <laughs> putting that aside. I ended up going with 31-17 Buccaneers. Um, all right, let's move into our Sunday games. I think this is honestly going to be a very close one as well, a tough one to pick. I think people will go back and forth on it. Number five, Baltimore Ravens versus the number four, Tennessee Titans. The Ravens will win if blank. Their defense can stop Derrick Henry. You saw the Green Bay Packers do it a week or two ago, and they stopped them. The Packers won that game against the Titans easily. Derrick Henry had nothing. You have to stop the run game, and not just the run game. You have to stop Derrick Henry. Yes. I went with a very specific stat for this one. Okay. Ravens will win if Lamar Jackson can rush for a hundred plus yards. Ooh. So Kill Kill essentially, essentially if it's going to be a day where Lamar ends up being able to run all over that defense, then Baltimore has the advantage. All right. The Titans will win if blank. 
Derrick Henry goes off. So. Yeah. I mean, my my answer plays off of your answers for both. Um, they'll win if Derrick Henry has a monster game like he did in their regular season matchup. So I don't know how many people remember this, but they did meet in week 11. Tennessee won that game 30, uh, 30 to 24. Derrick Henry in that game had 133 rush, rush yards and a touchdown. So if he can have a repeat performance like that, the Titans should win this game. Yeah. The quarterback with the most passing yards will be blank. I'm actually going to go with Ryan Tannehill because I think, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, Lamar Jackson, just a bigger, a better runner, in my opinion, in certain scenarios like this. And I just I think that I know the Ravens came off of a great win last week, but I just I still think they're very questionable in some areas. And I'm not really sure. I know I did pick the Titans to win. Um, I don't know how much he's going to be throwing the ball because I think when he gets nervous, he runs it a little bit more. So I went with Ryan Tannehill as well. I think he might be top 10 in passing yards uh, this season. He actually big things. Very, very sneaky and like under the radar. He's actually had like a lot of big passing yard games. So I'm Mm -hmm. going with Ryan Tannehill. The running back with the most rushing yards will be Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Don't be scared. The wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be. I am going to be like, you know what? Maybe he's trying to ride off into the golden sunset, Mr. Des Bryant here for a fun, for a fun, fun pick there. But I'm also my realistic pick is uh, Will Sneed on the uh, Ravens. So, okay. I went with the Titans side on this one. I went with uh, stud, big year, AJ Brown. Big rookie year, big sophomore year. Really like this kid. And I think he's going to have a big game. For sure. The MVP of the game will be Titans win. Derrick Henry goes off MVP. And listen, he needs to be the MVP of this entire 2020 season. So, and I'm telling you guys that right now, 100% name him the MVP. Oh, I personally think, even though I know we're not talking about this, and I'm sure we will eventually when it gets closer, I actually think he'll be the offensive player of the year. And I think Aaron Rodgers will be MVP. I need I need another a non-QB MVP. I need it. I hear you, girl. I hear you. Um, the MVP of this game specifically will be Derrick Henry. Yep. Uh, the final score of the game will be blank. I am going with 21-14, the Titans. I think this might be the closest one I have. I'm going with 27-24 Titans. All right. Number seven, Chicago Bears versus number two, New Orleans Saints. The Bears will win if blank. Their defense is as strong as it has been, but their defense is strong without Alvin Kamara. We know Alvin Kamara has tested positive for COVID. It's a strong situation that he's not coming back. But in week 17, the Saints had no problem with their running game. So the Chicago Bears have to step up defense boys. Okay, okay. And mine kind of plays off of what you just said. I said the Bears will win if they can keep New Orleans specifically under 20 points. So Mm -hmm. the Saints have lost four games in the regular season. And the lowest amount of points they scored in a loss was still 21 points. So if you can get them under that 20 mark, I think you can win this game. The Saints will win if blank. So listen, if Alvin Kamara is not playing, you need to be creative on the offense. Drew Brees and Taysom Hill have to go into like a next level of creativity. So like their offense needs to take it to the next level. So not only do they need to continue to connect with what they do, I think they need to take it a step further. Okay. Okay. Um, I am actually going with two guys who have battled 
health issues, everything like that. But if Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara are healthy and they take over the game, Saints. That's a big if. <laughs> no, I, I actually think they're both going to play. Oh. I really do. So um, the quarterback with the most passing yards will be blank. Uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. The running back with the most rushing yards will be blank. I'm going with Mr. David Montgomery. I'm going with David Montgomery as well. A little fun fact. He is averaging 99 yard of rush yards per game over his last six games. He's been on fire lately. Um, the wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be blank. I'm going with Allen Robinson. I went with Allen Robinson as well. Um, and the MVP of the game will be blank. Drew Brees. It's because I think it's we're coming closing time. I think, yeah, yes, definitely. I think Alvin Kamara is going to play, and so I am saying anything okay. for him. All right. Um, the final score of the game will be blank. It'll actually be pretty close, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I think it's you know kind of shocking because it's the Bears, but they've kind of came out of the woodwork recently. Um, so I'm going with 27-14. I am going with 34-24 Saints. And also another fun fact on this one, these teams also met in the regular season as well in week eight, but they were starting Nick Foles at the time. Very interesting. Yeah. And um, New Orleans won that game. They had to go into overtime, won at 26, 23 yeah. overtime. Definitely going to be a different look and a different feel because it's a different quarterback, but this team could potentially, you know, compete and Chicago can keep it close. I know they're not going to be the front runner for this one, but a lot of people, if they are going upsets this weekend, I think this is yeah. the game they're kind of picking as that upset. For sure. Um, and then last but not least, we got another playoff matchup of division rivals, the number six Cleveland Browns versus the number three Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns will win if they can operate without a head coach. We spoke about it earlier. <laughs> that's, really, that's really it because that can be a huge, like honestly, huge like stake in the ground, things like that. Yeah. Just, it could really be a blow to the, the game plan, things like that. So, yeah, I said the Browns will win if they embrace their first playoff game in years and ride <laughs> the underdog wave. I love it. Um, the Steelers will win if. I said this about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are consistent up and down the field. They are consistent offense, defense, and special teams. We've seen, you know, highlights throughout the season with the Steelers. Great defense. Oh, the offense is doing really well this week. Oh, did you see that special right. teams play? Listen, you got to do all three if you want to be this team. I said the Steelers will win if the pass rush harasses Baker all game long. Oh, I, really I, do, I really do believe on the defensive side of the ball for the Steelers. They need to be the heroes of this game. Yep. Um, the quarterback with the most passing yards will be blank. If they're not the heroes, though, and I don't think they they might not be, I think Baker Mayfield's going to have more passing. So I actually think this was the toughest one to pick for this quarterback fill in the blank. I, I think you can make I, arguments both ways because you said Baker. I went with Big Ben. Yep. Um, the running back with the most rushing yards will be blank. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Um, the wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be blank. I am actually going with Mr. Chase Claypool here. Okay. Um, I think there were definitely a couple options here too. There definitely was. And when I was looking at numbers and just kind of like consistency, like throughout games and everything, I'm just very pleased with kind of how he's handled himself. And maybe, I don't know, even first playoff. I, I don't know. It might be the jitters, but I think it'll be good. I think we're due for a big game for Mr. Juju Smith-Schuster. All right. The MVP of the game will be blank. 
if he is consistent with everything that he has done and breaking records like he recently did, Mr. T.J. Watt needs to get as I went like this is the only game that I went like defensive. And yes, said like I feel like he's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Honestly, he has truly proven himself as not only a powerhouse on this team, but a true, you know, probably stealer for life at this point. So I'm very, I I think if he goes off, like he has been this whole season record breaking, he should get MVP. Yeah. We are definitely on the same page with that. And the final score of the game will be blank. And I think this is my closest score of everyone. this, This is tied for my closest. Because it is, listen, it's the third time they're seeing each other. I know, I know. Rival, holy guacs, and it's a division that plays each other so freaking hard. I am going with 35-31 Pittsburgh Steelers. You definitely went more high scoring than I did, um, but I did keep it close as well. I went with 24-21 Steelers. And like Kate said, obviously division rivals, they played each other twice this year. They met in week six. Pittsburgh won that one 38-7. And then obviously they met in the last game of the regular season last weekend. Cleveland won that 24-22 with Pittsburgh resting Big Ben. So I think that kind of has people wondering, like you barely beat them when they play, played Mason yeah. Rudolph. Like, uh, so yeah. we'll see. But honestly, it's the playoffs. And the Browns have been waiting a long, long time. Long time. I think this game will be close. Yeah, for sure. What a game. What a game. I can't wait for that this. That was game. a good one, for sure. I'll have to snip that up into a nice little video for everyone to hear. But... All righty, it is that time of the night. Positive, negative, football, housewives, wine. We're getting it off our chest. So I think we technically have a combined get it off our chest tonight. Um, So we did talk about it a little bit earlier. We would be remiss if we did not mention the, I don't even know what to call it, the shit, like, I don't even know, the burning piece of shit that it was of the Sunday night Football game, let me remind you that this game was flexed to Sunday night football. It was flexed of uh, prime time. The Philadelphia Eagles took on the Washington football team. The implications were wild because earlier in the day, the New York Giants took on the Dallas Cowboys. And listen, if Dallas won, they needed a tie from Washington or they needed a loss. They didn't put crazy things. Same with the Giants. They needed a win. Eagles to win, things like that. So the Giants end up winning, and we're down to Sunday Night Football. And the Philadelphia Eagles basically go into the fourth quarter, and they've been doing what the Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars have been doing all season, not tanking for Trevor, but they're just tanking. And I think that – And if you're listening to this podcast three weeks from now and you want to shoot yourself in the forehead because you've heard every speculation on this, you've heard every opinion, or you're listening to us live right now and you're like Katie and Caitlin, we've heard every speculation from Monday to Wednesday for now. I don't care. I don't care. My biggest take, I think, on this, and I'll put my bias aside, I was very upset as a Giants fan, very upset as a football fan in general, because you just don't really like do shit like that. 
I'm going to put my Jalen fan hat on because okay. you can see my Alabama gear on now. I love Jalen. When he went over to Oklahoma, I cried on our podcast. So I literally cried. Like You can go back and watch the episode. I cried. Um, why would you draft him in the first round of the 2020 draft? And then you make a decision to bet. the first round, was it? Was I thought it was? was I thought Jalen was second. Oh, sorry, second round. Sorry, he was very early but though. No, early, earlier early than, than the draft. people thought. Sorry, disregard that. Take away my football credentials, but he yeah. drafted too early, probably. Yeah. To the Philadelphia Eagles, broke my heart. Yeah. You take him that early. You decide to bench Carson Wentz, probably way later than you should have. You should have done it earlier. Yeah. And then Jalen has two touchdowns for you in this game. You decide to bench him for your third string. I don't even know what the hell his name is right now. Loser. But, and then your excuse at the end of the game, Doug Peterson, is that, you know what? We needed to give him some reps. And Katie and I spoke about this before the show, that the funniest tweet, the funniest take I saw on Get Up was that this isn't a senior game in college or high school. It's not right? senior night. It's not You're senior not night. not to play him because you feel get bad. Get that guy in. And listen, I've been there. I've been the senior where it's like, crap, get her in because we feel bad. I've been there. I don't, take, I don't take offense to it. I laugh at myself. I don't care. This isn't like someone on the bed. This kid's making, making so much money as a third-string quarterback. I'll take his job. Just sit there and be ready if Jalen got hurt. Jalen Hurts needs experience. So that's where my, like, football take on this is. I'm pissed as a Giants fan yeah. because you butchered it. And the Giants could have made the playoffs. And yet yeah. – I'm not stupid. I'm realistic that the Giants could have done better this season to make it to the playoffs. Yes, I know. I'm not happy with a 6-10 and 10 record that yeah. we had to wait until the final game of the season to pray that we made it. That I cheered at 4 p.m. and was so happy that the Giants beat the Cowboys only to be disappointed later. I understand. We could have done yeah. better. We yeah. lost three games in a row after beating the Seattle Seahawks. Like, I get it. But I don't understand where you're coming from, from a football organization, doing stupid shit like that. And it's not because you're the Philadelphia Eagles. I would have put a shit on any team doing this. Right. Yeah. Well, honestly, just my three main points, and I can keep it real quick. Um, number one. I feel as though, and I said this to Caitlin before the show when we were talking about it, you have a big decision to make as the Philadelphia Eagles. Are we going to go with Jalen Hurts next year? Or are we going to go with Carson Wentz? You're not doing yourself any favors by not getting a full look at Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's a big, big decision they have to make this offseason. It would have helped them to see Jalen Hurts play in this game, play in a game that had implications, play in a game that was against a division rival, right? Play in a game that was tight. And see what this kid could do in a tight division game. Could he pull off a win? Yeah. That's number one. Number two is, um, you know, I, obviously I know Doug Peterson came out and said, well, we wanted to get him snaps. But Doug Peterson also came out and said, I was trying to win the football game. That in Not with him. gives me 
enrages me. That is fucking bullshit. Sorry, I don't usually curse on on the show, but that is BS. The lie. Like, obviously, you're trying to save your face. Obviously, don't act like any of us are stupid. We know what you did. And the fact that you come out and say that that's, I was trying to win the game, it makes it even more of a slap in the face. I don't want to hear that. How do you say that to people who watch football? It's yeah, not like, like you're saying that. We are not stupid. You're not going like putting on a performance for like a high school or like whatever, and where it's yeah. like maybe some people don't watch football. You're literally you not class as idiots. Like you're please, on just don't just don't do that. We know no, what happened. ESPN is playing this interview. NFL.com is playing it. We're getting it on our apps. We're getting it on Twitter. The people who want to listen to you, Doug Peterson, are football fans. So we're not stupid. Don't don't us <laughs> for fools. Number three, and this kind of goes off of the last thing that you mentioned. Um, I know so many people on Twitter were like, Giants, you have only yourselves to blame. You only won six games. I get it. And so what I want to say to that is I've said it a million times on this show. The playoff teams, the people that make the playoffs should go by the best records. But that's not the rules. That's not how we do it in the NFL. Someone has to win the NFC East and somebody has to go. So, yes, we were only 6-10. and 10. Right. So, yes, we should have won more games. We should have won more games, but we had won. We won enough to potentially win the division. And if you really want to make arguments, right, we were four and two in the division, which ended up being tied for the best division record with Washington, four and two. And we swept Washington. Yeah. So, so we had a tie division record with Washington, but we swept them. You can make arguments that we deserved to make the playoffs. So I get it. And I will say that nobody in the NFC East deserved to play, make the playoffs, but the rules are the rules and somebody had to go and it could have been and should have been us. I really do believe that if they had kept Jalen in that game, there was a very strong chance that Philadelphia could have won. Everything. He had the two touchdowns for them. They decided to go for the friggin' touchdown and then they not the field goal and then Jalen overthrew that guy or underthrew the person. Like, I did so freaking frustrating like you and like you said like he said we played to win like don't lie to don't us slap us in the face it was already enough of a slap in the face like people watched the game you even had someone like miles sanders came out saying we had no idea what his intentions were and we had no idea why he was doing certain things you, you're you all have the, you have the clip of jalen hurts on the bench going it's not right okay and then you have the story that comes out that players on the Eagles had to be held back after the game from going after Doug Peterson for purposely fucking doing that shit. How do you bring him back as your coach next year? And oh, and did you see roster. did you see Kelsey's post game interview from a couple of weeks ago or this one? No, immediately after the game. Your captain, your veteran captain going out after the game at his press conference and being like, "I don't care." what the scenario is you never go out and not play to win the game and was basically like shading Doug Peterson and what he did. It is just, I know a lot of people are giving Joe judge shit for like coming out and like coming. No, I'm glad he said something. I am too. And people are like, listen, like, again, like, you know, keep your mouth shut. Like you, but no, at at the end of the day, like the giants are here to play games and we've proved it year over year because we haven't made the playoffs. We know we're there, but we play until we, we play these games. We play them. We play every week. We were what? Oh, and five, oh, and six to start the season. We could have started tanking right then and there. 
could have. We could have. That's why I bring up the Jets and Jacksonville. Like, those people tanked from the beginning. They did. You, Philadelphia, you did this on purpose. And it's weird and it's shady. And it's like, why? Play the damn game. Jalen Hurts deserves to be on another team. You are, oh my God, I love him to death and you are ruining him. Don't ruin my man. He could still have the potential to be on another team. So, after you. <sighs> All right. Well, I know we can go on forever on that subject. Good, good. Let's close it out. Um, but don't miss this week. We have the Real Housewives of Orange County on tonight at 9 o'clock. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City on tonight at 10. Atlanta on Sunday at 8. And we do have episode 2 of Dallas on Tuesday at 9. Um, obviously, we spoke before, but specifically Wild Card Weekend, Saturday, Saturday games. Indy versus Buffalo at 1 o'clock. Rams versus Seattle at 440. Tampa Bay versus Washington at 8.15. On Sunday, we have Baltimore versus Tennessee at 1 o'clock, Chicago versus New Orleans at 4.40, and Cleveland versus Pittsburgh at 8.15. Also, duh, Caitlin's repping it, wearing her gear. College football national championship game on Monday at 8 o'clock. This is going to be a good one. Number one, Alabama versus number three, Ohio State. Um, and then also, we just want to say, obviously, last night was the Heisman Trophy uh, Award ceremony. Congratulations to Heisman Trophy winner, Alabama wide receiver, Devonta Smith. Uh, hell of a year. And I think they said it was the first time in like 28 years since a wide receiver has won that trophy. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like the second one to win it. It really doesn't happen often. But Howard, and I am so Proud of you, Devonte Smith. Like huge honestly, year, huge year. Yeah, I just I truly love this kid, and if the Giants can get him at eleven, I would. But he's definitely going to be talented. If you guys have the chance to watch his speech online, it was truly yeah. he's he's not. I think the biggest thing from it is like he's not the biggest kid. Like he is pretty tiny actually. Yeah. Um, but that was he always got like you know, bullied and things like that. And like with sports, he wasn't always the best because of how small he was, but he right. learned to, you know, tap into his strengths and, you know, getting with a coach like Nick Saban, like really like narrowing down things like that. And that's where he's in listening. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. Like good for yeah. you. Like yeah. I, I truly love it. I love him. He's done so many great things for Alabama. He's one of those kids. Katie and I talk about this all the time. There's some players in the NFL that we just love, no matter what our fandom is, just love watching and love watching their career. He will be one of the kids that I truly will love watching no matter where he goes next year. Absolutely. Well-deserved. Congrats yeah. to him. Uh, good luck to Alabama and, and you. Good luck this weekend. And, you know, regardless, we're going to have great football from from Saturday, yeah. Sunday NFL to college Monday. Wednesday is going to be a jam-packed show. <laughs> get your snacks ready, people. Get your snacks ready. Get your snacks ready. Like, that's my biggest advice. Get your wine. Get it off my chest. Get your snacks ready. <laughs> get your snacks ready. <laughs> All right. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye.